the voice of the king. Welcome back to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. It's Kalbun Salim and I'm Taslima Ali. I'm with you until 4 p.m. today, mashallah. And a Ramadan Kareem to everyone. What an absolutely beautiful beautiful first Ramadan 1439 it is. Well we have a lovely lineup uh, this afternoon on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM we're going to be starting a series that is going to be running over the next few weeks for the month of Ramadan and I'm welcoming now into a brother Ridwan Hanika who is a life coach as well as a student at Darut Turath Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Well welcome to Colburn Salim and Voice of the Cape we look forward to spending the next few weeks with you. Shukran. Exciting times. I'm looking forward to it as well. Alhamdulillah. So life coach as well as a student. You can tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay, sure. Um, so uh, over the last uh, seven years or so, I've been doing life coaching. I've also trained people to become life coaches. And um, one of the things that I found was that uh, in the field of transformation, there are so many obstacles, so many challenges. And um, given the challenges people face today, it's not as clear-cut as, uh, oh, you need a therapist, or oh, you need a coach, or oh, you need this, that, or the other. Um, so many uh, problems need a, a, a holistic approach. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I found was that, um, uh, to a large extent, a lot of the information that we are offered you know, from a from a Western or from an academic point of view, uh, so often lacks a spiritual component, and so mm. much of what we're dealing with today is um, uh, can be classified as a disease of spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, to that end, you know, I, I I went on a search and I discovered that um, Subhanallah, Islam has so much to offer us. We have a a legacy so rich in information, just about transformation. Forget the other sciences for a moment, but just in the realm of transformation. You know, where the masters that have come before us, like Ghazali, for instance, you know, have written extensively about it, and um, it prompted me to um, to to pursue my Islamic studies uh, further and to uh, sign up with Darut Roth. Yes, mashallah. I was actually thinking while you were talking. Now, lots of people don't actually know what a life coach is. So if you could just give us a little bit of a window into that part. For sure, sure, for sure. So um, I tell people that my job is to get you what you want, like whatever it is that you want. So whether it's a a big house, a better car, uh, a a different state of being that you want to achieve, whether you want to be in a relationship, get out of a relationship, whatever it is, right? My job is to help you get that. How I go about it is quite simple. We look at where it is that you are, which is you know, kind of what we're doing today, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in today's show is you know, self-reflection or an assessment, really. Um, where it is that you want to be and what's getting in the way in between, mm-hmm. right? Um, so life coaching as a, as a discipline uh, is more forward-focused. It's not like therapy. Therapy is more looking at what's happened in your past and how that's getting mm-hmm. in the way, and that has its place. Mm-hmm. Coaching is more about like where you are currently and what it is you need to be doing. Um, so it's very practical. Uh, it two key components of it is like accountability, yeah. you know, design and accountability, really. Yeah. Um, so that's a brief overview of what I do. So I'm visualizing that usually mm. we all plan and we all say, you know what, I want this and I want that. Right. And then we kind of get on the wagon and you're either right. going to start moving with that wagon or you're going to fall off that wagon. Absolutely. So I guess that's where you come in to help us get that wagon moving. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I had a client who gave me this beautiful analogy. He said, um, you are my helicopter guy. So if you think about um, a movie and uh, like 
you know, soldiers in the movie. Adventure. So there's one, right? So there's one in the helicopter and one yeah. on the ground. And the one in the helicopter has an overview of what the terrain ahead is like. And the one on the ground is really doing all the work. Mm-hmm. So one on the ground is the client, right? And I'm his helicopter guy. So I tell him what it's going to look like ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, with just about anything you tackle, there are generally going to be six obstacles. You know, the first one being decision, like. Mm-hmm. Are you actually committed to this thing? Have you decided? Then it, you move into uncertainty. So I've decided, but I don't know how. And so you figure out how. Yeah. But then you know, on this journey, you're talking about the wagon and falling off the wagon. Falling off the wagon usually happens when change is now required. Mm. Right? So like giving up things that don't work for you anymore. And so we have all this attachment to the way we do things and all the rest of it. And you know, in, in essence, that's what we face in Ramadan, right? Yes. is letting go of all the things that don't work for us. You know? mm-hmm. And subhanAllah, it's, it's amazing how much we're able to let go of during summer, sunrise and sunset. Right? Mm-hmm. After that, it's a different story. Right? But in that time, we, we achieve amazing things. Right? And so, um, like that, I mean, we can go into the other stages if you want. But um, that's, that's more or less what life coaching is yeah, all about. Yeah. And of course, you hear because we're wanting to make the best of Ramadan. But I, you know, before we go into the actual topic of Ramadan, I think we're needing to take a quick ad break. Sure. And inshallah, when we come back, we continue with our life coach for this month of Ramadan, Brother Ridwan Hanika. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Colburn Salim on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. If you've just tuned in, we have Brother Didwan Hanika with us, and he is our life coach for the month of Ramadan. So, um, Didwan, just before the break, you gave us a window of what exactly life coaching is, and basically being our helicopter guy for the month of Ramadan. Right. Obviously, everybody comes into the month of Ramadan wanting to reap the best of it. But I'm sure that there's, each person comes in with a different vision of exactly what that may be. So you say today we are doing what? So um, today basically we're going to do uh, taking inventory of ourselves mm-hmm. on, a, on a physical, mental, spiritual level. right? Uh, and we might touch on a few other areas, but that's the, the, the general um, scope of what we're going to be discussing. Uh, the idea simply being um, that we're all going to have different objectives, aims and objectives for Ramadan. Um, but without knowing where we are, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's hard to, to, to look at where we're going. If you think yeah. about a GPS, right? like you mentioned I'm your helicopter guy. But if you think about a GPS, um, it always wants to know like, what is your starting location. Yeah. Right? And so that's what today is. Today is helping us identify well, where we're starting from. And this is one of probably the, the, the hardest things um, in, in a journey of transformation is coming to accept where you are because um, very often that might not look great. Mm-hmm. And so we've just come into Ramadan. Um, you know, we finish off the first night of Tarawih and we're all excited and, you know, like juiced up and whatnot. But our old habits are going to, you know, slowly you know, creep in a little bit, in. you know. And the important thing is to not lose hope in it, but mm-hmm. rather accept them for what they are, you know. Mm-hmm. But the, and, and I mean, like, accept in the true sense of the word, like, really say, you know what, this is my struggle, this is my shortcoming. And, and it might look really ugly, it might not be something we want to talk about with others. Um, but that's, that's, that's where change happens, you know. Um, because it's within the, the, the depth of that struggle. And doesn't even mean you need to talk to others about it. But just admitting it to yourself and turning it over to Allah, ultimately that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. You know? But you can't turn anything, in, in, th- turn anything over to Allah if you are you know, oblivious of what needs handing over to Allah. And so, inshallah, you know, that's the dua we make for today is for Allah to grant us that insight into our own shortcomings. Inshallah, and, um the strength to act upon that. Inshallah, I mean, so where exactly do we stop? Because you said it's mind, body, and your spirituality, basically. Right, right. So if you think about um, uh, relative to Ramadan, we have to, uh, 
we have to look at um, what is what is the intention here, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a hadith um, where the Prophet says, like, how many people um, gain nothing other from nothing else from Ramadan other than um, thirst and hunger, mm-hmm. right? And so the aim of Ramadan we have to be in mind is to gain taqwa, to increase in taqwa, yes. right? And so. That's part of what we're going to look at relative to everything we're going to discuss today. Um, and so we're, we're, we're pretty clear on you know, the, the external, uh, or what breaks the fast externally, so food and drink and sexual activity. You know, but part of what we're going to look at today as well is the internal, um, you know, what breaks our fast spiritually as well. SubhanAllah. So it's quite a bit of reflection on VOC 91.3 FM. So it's going to be an interesting few weeks. Uh, Today we're looking at actual reflection. Across the weeks it will be a little bit different. But so now going into doing it ourselves, because at the end of the day, as much as we'd want to do it individually, we're also still part of a family unit. And so like, this morning's, um, you know, you woke up, you woke up with the family. And right. so each person kind of has their functions of, of, hopefully each person has their function as to what they do in the morning and the parts they play. Right. Um, can you really divorce the two or could you possibly do this as a family unit? Um, I wouldn't advise divorcing the two. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely, you can do it as a family unit. But doing it as a family unit really hinges on self-reflection, doing mm-hmm. it as an individual to begin with. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of the biggest problems in marriage as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we, we like to talk about, oh, we're working on our marriage or we can spot errors in others, you know, in our spouses or whatever. But very rarely do we know what we're contributing to the problem. Mm-hmm. And so um, as the weeks go by, we will look at the family dynamics. And we'll probably touch on it a little bit today as well. Mm-hmm. But essentially, we're first going to be looking at, you know, the individual and how to start um, with with a just basic reflection. Mm-hmm. And so the simplest version of this exercise is really to look at what you're doing right now. Like wherever you are hearing this message, like whether you're in your car or at home or you, know, you probably shouldn't be listening to this in a class, but you know, <laughs> wherever it is that you are, um, consider why it is that you're there. What is it that occupies your time? Right. Um, this is just the simplest version of self-reflection is to look at where we are, what we're doing, why we're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something you can apply, like I said, right now. And we take a minute to do just to think about well, what am I doing in this moment? Am I is the radio on and just you know keeping me company in the background? Is it something that yeah I'm sitting down, I'm taking notes, I'm actively learning? Mm-hmm. Um, am I preparing for tonight? What is my intention, for instance? You know, mm-hmm. for for our, you know our women folk at home and. Maybe there's husbands as well preparing for tonight. But, you know, what is my intention? Is my intention just to, like, put something on the table? Is it to feed my family and, you know, to um, assist in the breaking of the fast of a fellow Muslim and to gain reward from that? You know, because as much as we look at actions and how to change our behavior, ultimately what counts most is our intention. Hmm. Indeed. So now, having to assess exactly where we are right now, what do we do then? So if you think about it, um, a, a, a quick tool is to to say people, places, and things. Right? Is to look at um, firstly the people that we surround ourselves by. Mm-hmm. The Prophet ﷺ in another hadith mentioned that um, a man is on the religion of his friends. Right? So how important is it to consider who our friends are? Right? Uh, someone said to me the other day that. Um, Ramadan was the month in which the Prophet ﷺ met Jibreel for the first time, right? And it made me think, who am I going to be meeting you know, during this month, mm-hmm. right? And it, it, it calls into, into question then places, right? Because I'm only going to be meeting certain types of people in certain places. It's really going to be dependent on the place that I visit, mm-hmm. right? And so where, where am I going to be spending my time? Right? Will it be gatherings of goodness and knowledge and you know, gatherings of remembrance, the mosque, tarawih, tahajjud, that kind of thing? Will it be out in the street, in the shops, in the malls, that kind of thing? You know? And then um, things. right? So what is it I'm actively occupying myself with uh, when it comes to my, my daily activities? Is it in the pursuit of 
um, dunya, for instance, or is it in the pursuit of akhirah? And a simple thing, if you want to look at like you know your pursuit of things, right? If you look at your cell phone, for instance, right, um, or even your car, most of us could do with an ordinary sedan, but we take something perhaps a little bit more luxurious. So you have to question, well, why the luxury, right? Is it because I actually enjoy luxury, or is there an element of like I want to look good, I want others to think we are well of me or whatever? And so, is there a bit of pride that comes into it? Yeah. And so, similarly with our phones, with our clothes, with our everything. Right. Yeah. So, so we're starting off with an uh, assessment of exactly where we are. Right. And so while we're all taking notes and thinking about exactly what Brother Ridwan is saying, we're going to take a quick ad break and inshallah when we come back, we continue um, checking it out. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Colburn Salim on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. I'm Taslima Ali and still with me is Brother Maridwan Hanika was a life coach as well as a student at Darul Tarath and we are busy reflecting on exactly where we are right now um, I, our, our coach is getting us to assess exactly where we are so that we may reap the best benefits of the holy month of Ramadan uh, so Sidi before the break we were, we were you were getting us to assess exactly where we are in terms of the company we keep as well as the things that we surround ourselves with right and so um you know, again, if we, just before we, we we embark fully on the on, on on the how of it, you know, it's it's just to touch on an intention for a moment, mm-hmm. um, and it's to look at you know, why we reflect deeply, right? Okay. And one of the one of the scholars he wrote about um, reflecting, and he said that um, to to eradicate sin from our lives or or, or our personal struggles, for instance, um, is one approach is. Um, like cutting grass, you know, so you cut it off at the ground. Mm-hmm. You think a lawnmower cuts the grass off at the ground, um, but that only causes grass to grow faster, mm-hmm. right? Um, what What's really required if you want to get rid of it is to pull it out at the root, mm-hmm. you know, and so to know deeply what drives us towards our behavior. You know, what are those causal factors that um, that motivates uh, that motivate us and that cause us to behave in those ways and so um again that's that's w- one intention to hold here today you know is to identify very deeply causal factors that um that that affect us and the other is um if you think about uh, just again one of the simplest versions of uh, reflecting is to look in the mirror Right, and it's a beautiful to ask Subhanallah. We have to ask for Absolutely just about everything, everything, right? You know, leaving the home, coming back, you know, walking to the masjid, everything, right? Mm-hmm. And this dua for looking in the mirror. And the translation of it is, oh Allah, you have beautified my body, so do beautify my character, right? And this is just one of the most amazing to us, you know, simply because um, we very often. Um, you know, we, we live in the age of the selfie, right? And uh, a lot of that can be driven by vanity, but how often is it driven by like self-love, like a true appreciation for our own beauty? You know, very often we complain about our looks, but this to, uh, starts off by an acknowledgement of our beauty and we're thanking Allah for that, right? And then to say that, oh Allah, beautify my character as well, right? And so in a sense, we're really showing ourselves like just some basic love over here, right? And so uh, with embarking on a journey of reflection and looking at kind of like the darker side of ourselves, it's important to also consider that we are lovable, that there is beauty within us, and that our intention here is really to increase in beauty inwardly, you know, mm-hmm. um, through, our, through our character. Um, and that is not all like doom and gloom and oh my word, I'm so messed up. I, I often hear people say that, you know, they step into my rooms and they talk about, you know, what's troubling them and, and they just say like, oh, you know, like I must be your most difficult client or I'm, you know, I, I'm beyond hope or, you know, that kind of thing. And, and those are the words of shaitan, you know, mm. no one is really beyond hope. And, you know, so the way we thing. think about ourselves really matters. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I, I'm, I'm thinking about everything that you are saying. 
and I don't know, I, I'm just asking you yeah, now because sure. you're guiding us, right? So, mashallah, it's the holy month of Ramadan. And so we are here, alhamdulillah, fasting, trying to make salah on time. And we're now doing this assessment so that we can reap um, better benefits and so that at the end of the month, um, for at least 29 or 30 days, we would have practiced something that could possibly become part of us and that we'd be able to hold on to after Ramadan. Absolutely. would we have to set goals for ourselves first before we actually assess where we are? Um, in terms of, I, I'm not sure if I'm on the right track, but for instance, if one perhaps, alhamdulillah, makes a five salah, but does not necessarily make it on time. And so for Ramadan, you decide, you know what, I'm going to try to make every work on time. I'm also going to try to make it in Jama. Right. So. In terms of what you've, everything you have said now in assessing that, because if you got to then look, okay, I'm usually on the road, I'm at work between the word and Asr, so I get home and I only get to make the word Asr just before Mahari. Right, right. So is that the type of assessment that we're looking at? That's, that's definitely part of it mm-hmm. and um, you're absolutely right when you mention goals, you know, that uh, ultimately uh, just working on yourself for the sake of working yourself is, is well, how is that sustainable? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you'd have to be like super, super motivated. But if you're working yourself with with a very high intention, you know, and Subhanallah, Rabbi Al Basri had this this beautiful du'a that she made, where she said, "Oh Allah, if if um, if I obey you uh, out of a desire to enter paradise, then lock me out of it. And if I um, you know, steer away from what is you know being forbidden out of fear of hell, then cast me into it. But if I um, move towards you out of love for you, mm-hmm. then draw me nearer. So right. And so ultimately, that's that's what we want. And so yes. one of the goals, um, if you think about it, for Ramadan, is not just to fast our our bodies and to starve ourselves and to abstain from sex, mm-hmm. but that we we aim for the fasting. Of, or the type of fasting of the elite of the elite. Mm-hmm. So Imam Ghazali in his Ihya'ul-Mudin, he mentions that there are three levels of fasting. There's the fasting of the ordinary man who he abstains from food and drink and sex, right? And outward, outwardly he he uh, fulfills all the criteria, mm-hmm. right? Um, and his focus is really to not nullify the physical fast, to not break his physical fast. Right. Then you have the fasting of the elite, which is that they guard their eyes, their ears, their tongues, their hands, their feet against all forms of disobedience. Right. And so this is a higher level of fasting. Right. And then you have the fasting of the elite of the elite, who for them fasting meant their hearts were entirely attached to Allah. And that to to forget Allah for a moment even would be to break their fast, right? And so this isn't the physical fast we're speaking about, we're speaking about the, the, spiritual, the spiritual aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But that was the attachment, that was their goal, to have this constant remembrance of Allah so throughout Allah. the day. You know? And so ultimately, that's what we want to work towards. But it's, it's a very lofty ambition, and so we start wherever it is that we are. Indeed. On that note, we're going to take a quick ad break, and we'll be back soon. The Voice of the King. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Colburn Salim on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. If you've just do- joined us, we're with Brother Ridwan Hanika and we are assessing exactly where we are physically in preparation of taking everything that is good out of the month of Ramadan so that we can continue it after Ramadan. So, um, Brother Ridwan, before the break, you were telling us about the three different states of um, of, of fasting. Right. It was Imam Hazali? Yes. Yes, okay, alhamdulillah. My memory is working. Fantastic. So, alhamdulillah. And we stopped by, of course, the elite of the elite. Right. Now, um, I like that you mentioned that, you know, that is like something of another level. Right. But it also, I'm, I'm wanting 
to ask you how do we set goals for ourselves ourselves then do we then say you know what okay that's not for me i'm not that type of person but obviously we need to be breaking certain um boundaries we need to be expecting a little bit more from ourselves so how do we realistically set goals well we we keep it really simple right and so the simplest version of this is that we start with a faraid so mm-hmm. we we focus on our fault. So like you mentioned, you know, we make our five salah, right? And uh, on top of that, we might attempt if we if we achieve to make it every day, then perhaps we strive to make it on time, and then perhaps we strive to make it in jama. You know, yeah. So we build on it. So the first level of it is that we focus on our faraid, then we add sunnah, and then we increase in sunnah. Yeah. Right. And so that's just the simplest version of how we build our taqwa. We mentioned that um, the aim of Ramadan is to build taqwa. And so that's the um, that's the formula, really. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, I'm so happy that we, we're kind of doing this topic over the month of Ramadan. Yesterday I was in a gathering of mm-hmm. um, students mm-hmm. and um, they were... One of the speakers was Sheikh Muhammad um, West, okay. and he was actually speaking to them about the holy month of Ramadan and the preparation of it. And one of the things that really stood out for me was that, yes, there are so many gifts in the holy month of Ramadan, but how many Ramadans have I had and how many Ramadans have I really truly connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How many of my actions was really like, you know, this is how Ramadan should be spent. And so when I listen to you on the different types of Ramadan, you have to like make so much of dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts this Ramadan as the Ramadan that keeps those doors of Jannah open for us. but in terms of assessing, so I went back home and I was chatting to my husband. I said, you know what, how many Ramadans have you had? Because Alhamdulillah in Cape Town, uh, the kids start really early. But like, what do you really want out of this Ramadan? So what are those questions we should be really asking ourselves? Because you said, okay, we need to check on where we are physically, right? Our company. So do in terms of company, should we then just... Um, are you saying move or change your company or you or you perhaps implying you know what make sure that you go to the masjid and be present at the masjid so that you can reap that spirituality I think it's a little bit of all the above yeah. mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I've noticed um, at least on WhatsApp or, and even on other social media is that um, there's been an increase of like Ramadan planners going mm-hmm. around Right. Yes, I've seen one. And those are those are excellent tools, yeah. right? Because one of the things we're talking about building in spirituality and one Ramadan being better than the previous one, right? As as an objective, and so how is that going to happen if we've not taken stock, if we haven't kept a record, if we're not doing our accounting of our, you know, Ramadan? So to keep track of that, those planners are are, are excellent tools. Um, just with with regards to the last thing you mentioned. Um, when it comes to people, this is a really tricky um, area because we have huge attachment to the people that we currently surround ourselves with. And so to talk about, oh, well, let's just change this or let's just find other people or whatever, it starts to freak people out, right? So a simpler, more gentle approach, right, is to rather focus on the type of life that you want or the environment that you want to be in rather than giving up the one you're currently in. So, for instance, if the masjid is a more conducive environment or if classes of knowledge or gatherings of dhikr or whatever it is, right, you find the thing that you enjoy, you just allow yourself to be there a little bit more often. You will meet those people. To answer the question of who are those people up front is impossible. You wouldn't know those people. Right, you wouldn't know like how to identify those people, right? So rather immerse yourself in an environment where it's conducive to finding those people, as opposed to like, oh well, I now need to cut myself off from this dodgy mm. cousin and that friend who's yeah. got you know, questionable habits, and you know, do I judge the fact that they smoke or don't smoke, or you know, like now you get into the nitty gritty and you end up being focused on people's faults, mm-hmm. as opposed to being in search of beauty. Exactly. I was about to say that. How do you really then assess what company works for you and what company right, hasn't? Right, right, right. And so what's our next step? Because I know that oh, uh, earlier on you said that we will be looking at um, physical, right. mental 
and then of course your spiritual and so right. today we are working on physical right, right? so i'll touch on the other two uh, intertwined just in the interest of time okay. um but so if you want to go in depth with a, a physical reflection you have to look at all your limbs right and the limbs as defined by imam ghazali um, are the eyes the ears the tongue the hands, the feet, the stomach, and your private parts, right? And so I'm, I'm mentioning Ghazali, but it, the other scholars you know, um, define it the same way as well, and it's a generally accepted uh, point of view, right? But so the eyes are an important one, right? Probably the biggest one um, for us to consider right now. Because if you think about how we are um, just bombarded with uh, visual stimulus every day, all the time, if you think about um, social media, Right, mm. that is a feast for the eyes, and you have to question well, what is it that I'm looking at, right? And based on what I'm looking at, is any of this acceptable in the true form or in the true by the true definition of what is acceptable by all this definition of what is acceptable? Because we've come to normalize, you know, the fact that we live in a Western society, and so you know, the marketing of beautiful women and you know, wearing revealing clothes, or even you know, men wearing revealing clothes and right? um it's uh it's just in front of us all the time right and so we have to start setting new standards for ourselves and this isn't even an islamic thing right um there's a there's a tool used by people who uh, want to redefine their sexual practices and they have this thing called the three second rule right okay. so just like we we say the first look is for you and the second is against you their rule is simply that you know three seconds and no more because beyond that you've turned that person into an object mm -hmm. right and so our eyes are, are you know really intended for acts of ibadah and so we need to make sure that we're using them in that way right we can appreciate scenery we can appreciate you know Allah's majestic creation and so we have to be mindful of what this that we look at our ears, subhanAllah, is, is, is another important one because you have to consider what it is that we listen to, right? So, so much of the time. And this, this is where company comes into it again, right? Are we in the company of people who talk about others, who gossip or backbite? Because as much as backbiting is a blameworthy action and the person who's spoken is, is you know, as, mm -hmm. as committed a sin or, or is in error, so too is the person who's listened because it takes two people. All right, and so you are the other half essentially when you know when, when listening to stories where people are gossiping or backbiting. So, a simple rule is like if people are talking about others, just like change the subject or get up and do something else. But, like, that's the thing to do, right? Um, the tongue Abu Bakr had this amazing thing that he did where he used to keep a stone in his mouth, right, to prevent him from speaking unnecessarily. Right, because the the sins of the tongue are are, are, are so many. If you think about um, in uh, in the beginning of guidance, there's a there's a paragraph on um, restraining the limbs from breaking your fast spiritually, and they mention that you have to restrain all the limbs, right? But if you look at the the five things that break the fast spiritually: lying, backbiting, tail bearing, false oath, and looking with lust. Four of those things involve the tongue. Right, and so it's super important for us to consider what is it that we're saying. Another uh, another version of this is um, our fingers. Our fingers, because we text and type and communicate with our fingers, it's become somewhat of an extension of of, of our tongue. You know, mm. if you think about how we grab screenshots of one conversation and send it to another person, like. This, these are all like questionable areas here. Modernized fitness. Know. Right, right. And so, you know, it's best to leave it alone. Like, that person didn't have access to that information. It's not theirs to, to know or to, you know, to want to know. So leave it alone. Like, if you're forwarding things, and that's another big problem, sent as received, yeah. right? It's like we, we've stopped considering what is truth. We've stopped using our faculty of rationale and of logic. We just, oh, we see a message and it excites our mind in some way. And we go, oh, the rest of the world should know this as well. And we forward it. Mm -hmm. You know, not considering the impact that it has. Yeah. So, Brother Ridwan, you know, time goes super fast. And yeah. I was hoping that we could finish all three um, uh, today. But obviously, we're going to be doing this over the next few weeks. For sure. So, we have about three minutes or so. 
what you want us today um, that we could basically try and do over the week because you can't exactly sit now and say, okay, what's my tongue up to? You've got to, like, I'm sure, regularly reflect on what you are doing, and it takes time to get the house in order, I would say. So what would you want us to be doing so that, inshallah, next week Thursday when we're back on air with you, we can say, okay, you know what, this is what I've managed to assess, and this is the next step. Right. So if if we think about um, the three levels of taqwa, right, which is um, abstaining from what's forbidden, uh, being the most basic, right, just, just to abstain, mm-hmm. then um, abstaining from what's questionable as a higher level, um, and the third being abstaining even from what's permissible. So, for instance, that's basically not overindulging in things, right? Mm-hmm. If we start off at the most basic level of abstaining, abstaining from what's forbidden, mm-hmm. we have to consider what is our own personal struggle. You mentioned that this, you know, this is going to be different for each person, and so we have to look at you know, relative to anything we're trying. So, whether it's reciting Quran or whether mm-hmm. it's making a salah, whatever it is, right, is to simply make a note of what the struggle is that that comes up with that or that comes up when you're attempting that so is it procrastination is it um you know uh, boredom do we turn into overeat oversleep or you know any any behavior that sets our heart um in or, or that creates um dis-ease in our heart you know anything that we've considered you know maybe this is questionable maybe i shouldn't be doing it any of those things Make a note of it, like on a daily basis over the next week or so, so that you begin to see, well, what are the things I struggle with most often, you know? Is it that I I find myself looking at things and then feeling ashamed about it? Is it that I find myself in company that I question, why am I even here? What am I listening to? You know, who are these people and why are they taking up my time? You know, is it in the work that you're doing? Like, do you feel you're making a difference, right? So reflect holistically. So, Hanala, you know, just even on that note, even if you find yourself, because as, as tell my husband this morning, you know what, the shaitan is tied up. Now it's like us and our nafs. Right. So we have to like really, really assess. So even when you get into those little difficulties or those little arguments, I think it's also that time to say, you know what, maybe I talk for, without listening or I'm not a very good listener. So I'm very excited about the next few uh, days running to next Thursday, inshallah, when we'll have you back in studio brother Ridwan because I think it's it's a wonderful um, way of of starting this holy month of Ramadan and so shukran to you for joining us on Kalbun Salim and we look forward to learning from you and being coached by you over the next few weeks inshallah you're welcome I look forward to it shukran so much um, brother, just before we go, I think somebody was asking with how they may um, make contact with sure. you um, offline. Are you on social media? I am. So there's two ways of basically contacting me. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Coach Hanika. Hanika is H-A-R-N-A-K-E-R. So at Coach Hanika. Or you can just WhatsApp me directly on 84 681. That's 084 887861. Excellent. Shikran so much, Brother Ridwan. Have a wonderful iftar with the family, inshallah. And right. we look forward to seeing you on Thursday, inshallah. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. It's Colbin Salim and I'm Taslima Ali. I'm with you until 4 p.m. today. And mashallah, what a beautiful first Ramadan it is. Well, we're going to be starting the Prophet's journey through Ramadan. And joining us over the next few weeks is Molana Isa um, Sami Al-Jazari. And he's the Imam of Masjid al-Kuba in North Pine, as well as the head and director of the Hifti Bar. 
Department and Islamic Studies at the Ilham Learning Center. And of course, originally all the way from Algeria. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ashe. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you, Taslima? Alhamdulillah, Ramadan Mubarak to you and your family. Amen. Ramadan Mubarak to you and the entire Ummah, inshallah. Inshallah. So, Sheikh, very exciting to be doing this series with you. Um, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's journey. In, over the month, holy month of Ramadan. Inshallah. Inshallah. Bismillah, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya wa mursaleen. Alhamdulillah, we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all the bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon us. In this beautiful day, the first day of Ramadan, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for allowing us to witness the month of Ramadan. And this really show us how special we are, how many people they were with us last Ramadan, but they are not with us this year. So Alhamdulillah ala kulli hal. To enter and speak about the month of Ramadan, we need a long introduction for that. We all know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator of everything. Allah khaliqu kulli shay. Allah is the creator of everything. Allah create whatever he wish. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do whatever he wish and he gives special precedent to whosoever he wish. If we look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala create mankind, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala create mankind and he gives special precedent to the anbiya alayhimu salam. And from the Anbiya alayhim salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives special precedent to the five Anbiya ulul azmi min al-rusul. And from the five Anbiya alayhim salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives special precedent to Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam and to our beloved Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi Ibrahim, he was the Khalil of Allah, and Rasulullah sallallahu he was the beloved of Allah. And amongst them too, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives special precedent to Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this earth, and he gives special precedent to one lands over others, like Mecca, like Medina, and Baytul Maqdis. Allah created this earth, and he gives special precedent to Mecca, he gives special precedent to Medina, and he gives special precedent to Baytul Maqdis. Likewise, Allah created the Malaika, the angels, thousands and millions of Malaika, and Allah gives special precedent to Jibreel alayhi salam, and he gives special precedent to Mikael alayhi salam. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the days, and he gives special precedent to the day of Yawmul Jumu'ah. And also he gives special precedent to the day of Arafah, Yawmu Arafah, and the day of Eid as well. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the nights and he gives special night to the last ten nights of Ramadan. And amongst these ten nights, Allah gives special precedent to Laylatul Qadr. That's why Allah says in the Quran, Khayrum min al-fishar. This night is better than thousands of months. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives special precedent Allah created the month and Allah gives special precedent to the month of Ramadan. Ramadan is special gift, a special mercy from Allah. Why? Ramadan tufattahu fihi abwaabul jannah. In the month of Ramadan, the doors of Jannah are open. In the month of Ramadan tufattahu fihi abwaabul maghfirah. The doors of forgiveness are open. In the Ramadan tufattahu fihi abwaabul rahmah. The doors of mercy are open. Tufattahu fihi al-itku min al-niran. In the month of Ramadan, Allah every night free thousands of souls from the Jahannam. Allahu Akbar. In the month of Ramadan, the doors of acceptances open. In the month of Ramadan, Allah increase the rewards. In the month of Ramadan, Allah is prepared to forgive and to have mercy and fruit us from the month of from the fire of Jahannam. Ramadan huwa mawsimul muttaqeen. Ramadan, it is the platform of the believer to race and compete with each other. Ramadan huwa madrasatu thalathina yawm. Ramadan is the academy of 30 days. Allahu Akbar. That's why Rasulullah sallallahu sallam, if you look at the life of Rasulullah sallallahu sallam, that lawajadna anna nabi kana yuraghibu wa yurahibu wa yusahihu. Nabi sallallahu sallam, he used to encourage sahaba. Nabi sallallahu sallam, he encouraged us and he explained for us and he showed us and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in many hadith 
Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam tell us about the virtue of Ramadan. In the other hand, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he warned us that we must take advantage of this month. We must take this month seriously. We must spend this time correctly. We must try to change in this month. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught us how we can protect our fast and how we can protect ourselves and how we can protect our fast and we fast correctly according to according to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, Rasulullah sallallahu says that whomsoever fast the month of Ramadan, how he fast? He fast the month of Ramadan imanan with that faith and conviction. This is one of the command of Allah. And also it is one of the pillars of Islam. Imanan wahtisaban. And wahtisaban he's seeking a reward, expecting a reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is prepared to forgive all his past and Allahu Akbar. Abu Hurairahu anhu qala qala Rasulullah Nabi addressed Sahaba. He said, Atakum Ramadan Shahrun Mubarak. The month of Ramadan has come to you. Month. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made, made it compulsory for you to fast. In this month, Allah opened the doors of Jannah. And in this month, Allah locks the doors of Jahannam. In this month, there is one night is better than thousands of month and if you calculate it will be 83 years Rasulullah says whomsoever deprived himself whomsoever does not take advantage in this nights and this month and he spent it correctly he has deprived himself from all good Allahu Akbar may Allah give us tawfiq to spend this Ramadan correctly and to Take this Ramadan seriously and make this Ramadan the best Ramadan we fast in our life. And Rasulullah says, Man amana billahi wa bi rasulihi wa aqama salat. Whomsoever believe on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and believe in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and establish and preserve his salat and he fast Ramadan. Whomsoever believe in Allah, Alhamdulillah, we all believe. We all love Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We believe that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the last Prophet. There is two things. Aqama Salat, he preserves Salat, and he fasts the month of Ramadan. Allah says, I will grant him Jannah. Even if he stay at home or he strive in the path of Allah, Allah is prepared to grant him Jannah. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala grant us Jannah. Ameen. Ameen. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, and inshallah, we'll be back soon. Okay, now Abraham is saying we can continue, so we can continue. MashaAllah, SubhanAllah. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say, so we believe in Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he preserve his salat and he fast the month of Ramadan. Kana haqqan ala Allahi an yudkhilahu al-jannah. Allah will definitely grant him jannah, SubhanAllah. And Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, إِذَا كَانَتْ أَوَّلُ لَيْلَةٍ مِنْ رَمَضَانِ When it is the first night of Ramadan, صُفِّدَتِ الشَّيَاطِينُ وَمَرَدَتُ الْجِنِّ Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, he will lock up all the jinn and the and the doors of Jahannam are locked. Allahu Akbar. Look at the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The shayateen are locked. The jinn are locked. The doors of Jahannam are locked. And Allah opened the door of Jannah. Allahu Akbar. And the announcement it will take place. Oh, who wants goods come forward and all who wants evil go far Allahu Akbar. If you look at this hadith, you will see how merciful is Allah. Allah closed the doors of Jannah. Allah locked the shayateen. Allah locked the door of Jahannam. Allah locked the shayateen and the jinn and Allah opened the doors of Jannah and Allah is calling us Come and enter Jannah, Allahu Akbar. And every night in the month of Ramadan, Allah, three thousands of souls 
in the, from the fire of Jahannam, subhanallah. May Allah freed us from the fire of Jahannam and our parents and the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. bin Samit radiyallahu anhu qal, anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal, that atakum shahru baraka. The month of Ramadan is a, a blessed month, is the month of blessing, is the yakshakumullahu fihi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will send His special mercy, subhanallah. وَيَحُطُّ الْخَطَايَا And Allah forgive all the sin, Allahu Akbar. وَيَسْتَجِيبُ الدُّعَاءَ And Allah accept our dua. يَنْظُرُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى يَنْظُرُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى إِلَى Allah will look how we race with each other, how we compete in, with each other in salat, in charity, giving, giving sadaqah, making dua, standing in front of Allah in salatul taraweeh, listen to the beautiful recitation of the Quran, of the kalam of Allah, making dua, and Allahu Akbar, Allah will look at this, and Allah, He will boast in front of Malaika, Allahu Akbar, Subhanallah. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, Don't let this chance, don't let this mercy go away without achieving the mercy of Allah, without achieving the forgiveness of Allah, without achieving the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَإِنَّ الشَّقِيَّ مَنْ حُرِمَ فِيهَا رَحْمَةَ اللَّهِ Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, because is the loser, is the that person who deprived himself from the mercy of Allah is that person who deprived himself from the forgiveness of Allah is that person who deprived himself to be freed from the fire of Jahannam Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Akbar and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says As-Siyamu Jannah that fasting it is a protection from what from the fire of Jahannam Allahu Akbar, يعني حفاظة وحسن حسين من النار It is protection from the fire of Jahannam and that is our desire that how we can end up in Jannah, Allahu Akbar how we can enjoy in Jannah, how our destination to be in Jannah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us in the month of Ramadan Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say fasting it is protection from the fire of Jahannam and if you look at the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say man saama yawman fi sabili بعد الله وجهه عن النار سبعين خريفة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم says that whomsoever fast one day one day for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah he will remove his face or he remove his body from the fire of Jahannam 70 kharif for 70 kharif wal kharif 70 years Allahu Akbar only one day Allah he will remove our body and our faces from the fire of Jahannam for 70 years. Imagine if you fast 30, day, 30 days, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. May Allah protect us from the fire of Jahannam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, As-salawatul khams, wal-jumu'a ila al-jumu'a, wa Ramadan ila Ramadan, mukaffiratun lima baynahunna, idha jtunibat al-kaba'a. Look at the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah has special mercy every day. Allah has special mercy every week. Allah has special mercy once a month or once a year. But subhanallah, from this hadith we understand how merciful is Allah. We understand the generosity of Allah. We understand the kindness of Allah. Allah want to forgive our sin. Salawatul khams, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, salat to sal one salah. To other salah, it is a forgiveness. Then he says, Jumu'ah to Jumu'ah, it is a forgiveness. And he says, Ramadan to Ramadan is forgiveness. I say, this is the washing machine, not for the clothes, but to purify us from our sin. Look at from Ramadan, from Salah to Salah, small washing machine. Then from Jumu'ah to Jumu'ah, and from Ramadan to Ramadan, because Allah wants to forgive our sin, Allahu Akbar. Mukaffiratun lima baynahunna, subhanallah. Look at the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah say, wa kana Allahu shakiran alima. Allah say, I am prepared to forgive you. Ah, we prepare to achieve the forgiveness of Allah. Are we prepared to, to achieve the mercy of Allah? Are we prepared that we, are we ready? Are we prepared to raise our hand and beg from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Imagine the doors of Jannah are open 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is prepared to accept our dua and, sa- and we conclude inshallah with this beautiful hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi Sa'ad bin Mu'adh radiallahu anhu say Inna fil jannati tamaniyat abu'ab This is in jannah, it is a special door, they call it babur rayyan No one, you will be allowed to enter from this door except those who fast Allahu Akbar What is jannah? No eyes have ever seen, no ear have ever heard and no heart or mind have ever thought or imagined May Allah grant us Jannah and make our fasting a means for us to enter Jannah and to be protected Ameen. from the fire of Jahannam. Amen. MashaAllah, a wonderful reminder by Sheikh Isa. Sheikh, we look forward to spending the next few weeks with you, inshallah, on the inshallah. journey of our beloved Nabi Muhammad وسلم, through the holy month of Ramadan. Shukran so much for joining us on Colburn Cinema. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Colburn Salim on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. I'm Taslima Ali and we have those last few minutes where we're running this wonderful series on the Prophet Wasallam's journey through the holy month of Ramadan with Mawlana Isa Sami Al-Jazri. Sheikh, coming back from the break and opening this topic today, would, like, would Sheikh like to please continue? Inshallah. Okay, we're speaking about the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu that Nabi sallallahu is in Jannah there is a special door, they call it Babur Rayyan, the door of Rayyan. No one you will be allowed to enter from this door except those who fast, Allahu Akbar. And we say, Inna fil jannati ghurafan tura zahiruha min butuniha wa min duhuriha faqama a'arabiyun. There is in Jannah, Inna fil jannati ghurafan tura zuhuruha min butuniha wa butunuha min duhuriha. There is special places in Jannah, special room with special option. If you are outside, you will be to see the inside. And if you are inside, you will be to see the outside. And this is only special for you. Imagine one Bedouin man, he stand and he asks Rasulullah sallallahu Ya Rasulullah, for who this special rooms in Jannah? Or this special houses in Jannah? Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, he says it's for that person who speak good with others. Is that person who feed food. That person who fast. Alhamdulillah, we are in the month of Ramadan. And the person who performs Salat al-Tahajjud. If you look at the hadith, you will find out all these four things, it's happening in the month of Ramadan. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam encourage us to feed food, to no, fast, to stand in Salat al-Tahajjud, as Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say, Whomsoever stand in Salat al-Layl, in Salat al-Tarawih, and listen to the beautiful recitation of Qur'an, Iman and with that faith, and conviction with that expecting reward, with seeking reward from Allah, Allah He will forgive all His past and Allahu Akbar. Imagine, and Siyam fast and Quran, they will intercede for the person in the day of Qiyamah. The fast will say, Oh Rabbi, Oh my Lord, I deprive him from eating, I deprive him from drinking, I deprive him from following all his desire. Oh Allah, let me intercede for him. And the Quran, he will also ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Oh Allah, I deprive him from sleep. I deprive him, Allah, let me intercede for him and fast and the Quran, they will be interceding for us, insha'Allah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to recite the Quran and listen to the Quran. This is only the time and this is only the month when a person in the morning he can recite Quran and at night he listen to the Quran. 
external purification and internal purification. When you are reciting Quran, you directly Allah is speaking to you. When you listening to the Quran, Allahu Akbar, that special nur go to your heart, and that what we are in need. That nur call it guidance and hidayah. When we define guidance, guidance is special nur Allah put it in the heart of a person, and that person with that nur he will be able to know what is right and wrong, what is good and bad. Allahu Akbar. When Nabi Sallallahu he also warned us that we mustn't waste the time in Ramadan. Take advantage of the month of Ramadan because we don't have any guarantee that we will witness the next Ramadan or not. That's why Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi And the person, distraction for that person whom Allah give him chance to witness the month of Ramadan and Allah does not forgive his sin. What is this means? Allah give him chance to witness the month of Ramadan and Allah does not forgive his sin. That means he does not spend his time correctly. He don't make any effort and bring change in his life. He don't make effort to go to the masjid. He don't make effort to recite the Quran or to learn the Quran. So that means Allah give him chance and Allah does not forgive him. He wasn't prepared for the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in other hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he climbed the member, he said, Amin. Second stage, Amin. Third stage, Amin. Then Sahaba, they ask him, what is this? He said, Jibreel, make dua. He said, and that the person whom Allah give him the chance to witness the month of Ramadan and such a distraction for him, if he does not spend his time correctly. Uh, imagine Jibreel alayhi salam is making dua, Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam is making amin for that person who does not benefit from the month of Ramadan. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi taught us how we protect our fast. Nabi sallallahu alayhi encouraged us to spend our time correctly. Nabi sallallahu alayhi warned us that we take advantage from the month of Ramadan and don't waste our time. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi taught us to protect our fasting. Nabi sallallahu alayhi he said, fasting is not leaving only your food. Stop eating and drinking. Nabi sallallahu alayhi say, Nabi sallallahu alayhi if you're Fast, you mustn't speak bird, you mustn't argue, you mustn't backbite, you mustn't fight, you mustn't fight. And now, if somebody fight with you, if somebody swear at you, if somebody speak rude with you, what you want to do? Nabi taught us to protect our fasting. You must tell the person, I am fasting, I am fasting, to protect your fast. From this hadith, we understand not only fasting is not only about to stop eating and drinking, the eyes must fast and the ear must fast and the tongue must fast and our heart must fast that's why they say Ramadan is the academy of the 30 days what is the subject is taught in the academy of the 30 days we learn in the month of Ramadan patient Allahu Akbar we learn gratitude to make shukr to Allah imagine in this month for one month you feel the pain of hunger imagine this is the condition of many people throughout the year Allahu Akbar day after day day after day then when you feel this you understand that you must make shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you must be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what subject it is the dua communicate with Allah complain to Allah Allah open the door say oh my slave call me I will accept you so we need to make the effort in this month the subject is taught is sakha generosity Nabi as we will explain inshallah Nabi is to give but in the month of Ramadan he used to increase Allahu Akbar what subject is taught in this academy the academy of Ramadan it is the Quran Allahu Akbar as I say we read Quran and we listen to the Quran and the last one is the consciousness of Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we prescribe fasting upon you as was prescribed before the nation before you, that you can attain taqwa, you can attain that connection and relation and the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we conclude with that beautiful, beautiful suqul akhirah. That imagine, we all know that if we, if we, if we know or if we hear that there is a sale taking place somewhere, we go to that place and we buy stuff even if we don't need it mm. because it's cheap. Imagine Ramadan is the market of Akhirah. If you perform one Umrah, Allah is prepared to give you the reward of Hajj. In one night, there is the one night, special night is better than thousand months. 
Allah say you must search for it only the last 10 nights. It's 83 years of ibadah. We don't have guarantee that we will live even 20 or 30 years, Allahu Akbar, or whatever it is. And imagine Imam Nakhai rahimahullah says, if you fast one day in Ramadan, it's better than thousand days outside Ramadan. If you say Subhanallah once in the month of Ramadan, it's better than thousand tasbih outside Ramadan. If you say Alhamdulillah in the month of Ramadan, it's better than thousand Alhamdulillah in outside of Ramadan. If you make one extra rak'ah in the month of Ramadan, it's better than thousand rak'ah outside of Ramadan. If you spend one rand in the month of Ramadan, it's better than thousands of rand outside of Ramadan. Allahu Akbar. And Allah is prepared to free every night of the month of Ramadan, thousands of souls from the fire of Jahannam, Allahu Akbar. That's why the poem say, the poet say, Ata Ramadan ya My brother, my dear brother, my dear mother, my dear sister, my dear friend, my dear Ummah of Rasulullah the month of mercy has arrived. The guest of Allah has arrived. That from the Rahman he come, from the most merciful, he sent to us a special gift and special mercy. This is the month of fasting. This is the month when you can connect your heart to Allah. Take advantage of it. And race with each other, compete with each other to enter Jannah, to achieve the mercy of Allah, to achieve the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And how many, فَكَمْ مِنْ صَائِمٍ قَدْ غَابَ عَنَّا How many fasting person, how many person he was fasting with here, with us last year, but he's not with here today. As we hear now, how many janazah is taking place, janazah and after janazah, and wallahi al-azim, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the people who left us, they wish that Allah give them one minute or one second to say subhanallah, or to say one alhamdulillah, and or to say Allahu Akbar. We can see how the time is going very fast, Allahu Akbar. So let us spend our time correctly. I will leave you with a beautiful word of wisdom. He said, don't count the days, make the days count. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to spend the month of Ramadan correctly, to attend Salatul Taraweeh, to recite the Quran, to spend and be generous and give from what Allah give us, Allahu Akbar, and to make dua for ourselves and for the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. May Allah accept our fasting and our recitation and make it a means for us to be freed from the fire of Jahannam Amen. and a means for us to enter Jannah. MashaAllah, an absolutely beautiful uh, message and opening for the first of Ramadan. We're, of course, in the company of Malina Isa Samuel Jazari, Imam of Masjid al Kuba in North Pine Masjid, as well as the head and director of the Hifth Department and Islamic Studies at the Ilham Learning Center. Say so shukran to you, Sheikh. We look forward to spending the next few weeks with you. An SMS came through saying, Assalamu alaikum, mashaAllah, Sheikh. Very beautiful program. Looking forward to the full series, inshallah. And Amen. that is from Sister Shaham Jardine. Shukran so much, Sheikh, and we look forward um, to you joining us again next week, inshallah. Inshallah. And that brings us to the end of Kalbun Salim for today. Wherever you may be, may it be in the best of company. Remember to keep us in your du'as for that last, last few moments running up to that Mahrib Adhan. And of course, remember to keep those lips moist in remembrance of our beloved Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. From myself, Tislima Ali, as well as Brother Faldi Fandaleri, um, who's our technician this afternoon, have an absolutely wonderful um, iftar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.